welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, once again, we're chatting with Aaron Back, founder and CEO of Green Inbox, the tech marketing company behind many successful multi-million dollar Kickstarter campaigns. In this interview, Aaron will discuss Green Inbox's new comprehensive Kickstarter pre-launch guide. Aaron, welcome back to The Binge. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for having me. It is uh, awesome to have you. Uh, I obviously have a very personal interest in, in this interview. Uh, I have a Kickstarter campaign, as many people know, coming up uh, called Nutty Squirrels. And uh, this is the kind of thing I'm looking for to help with a campaign like mine. So I know that I you know, want to learn as much as I can about your service, uh, more so than we talked about last time. And we will go over that for the people who are hearing this for the first time, uh, some of the services that you offer. Um, but I'm really interested in this pre-launch guide because we are about uh, three months out now. And know there's a lot of people working on their campaigns that are probably in a very similar boat. So let's start off. What Just for people who don't know what Green Inbox is, what is your Green Inbox and what, what do you do? Yeah, in one sentence, we provide uh, Facebook ads for Kickstarters. That's in one sentence. Uh, if, uh, if I can share a little bit more. Uh, yeah, please you do. Know, we, we, you know, like uh, paid media advertising for Kickstarter is a big thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, as, uh, as you already know, we, the company started, uh, started like 10 years ago with something completely else, also for Kickstarters. And uh, recently we made the shift Two years ago, we made a shift. We and uh, we're now focusing only on Facebook ads, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, this is what we do. We we run Facebook ads for live Kickstarter and mostly for tabletop games. I would say in 2020, eighty percent uh, of our clients were tabletop games. Mm-hmm. Some notable uh, clients: uh, Nemesis Lockdown, almost seven million dollar; Frostbank, uh, three million dollar. And so on and so on. You're showing the list right now. Yeah, there are yeah. A, lot, a, lot of, a lot of tabletop games. So is it fair to say, because um, I want to go beyond just you do Facebook ads, because I think it's, it's, it's much, much more than that. For people listening, I just screen shared for the people that are watching. And I mean, there was 10 campaigns I scrolled past there. They went anywhere from half a million to, as you said, $7 million. Um, this is really more about social media amplification, right? So this is about taking, uh, you know, your Facebook ads that most people, when they're doing campaigns, let's face it, you're going to do some Facebook ads to try to bring some, uh, some audience and some traffic to your campaign, but it's very tough for one individual to do that on their own to the level that you guys are able to do. So how big is your team that you have and where's your team located? Yeah. So, uh, most of the, the companies, uh, incorporated in Israel, I'm originally from Israel. Mm-hmm. I moved to Canada, not far away from you. Uh, like almost two years ago, and I'm going to be here another year or two. And uh, you're right about what you said. Anybody can do uh, Facebook ads, but the thing is, yeah. is we t- it took us a few years to reach the level that we are in right now. We are at uh, right now, and and uh, I would say we bring to the table two main things. One is our software. We are a technology company. That means that. Everything we do is supported by our software. This is the reason we, we bring such high returns uh, comparing to, let's say, companies, even huge companies with hundreds of employees. We, we probably or most likely bring better uh, returns. 
And the second thing is, uh, is a creative team that is also really important to uh, try and test hundreds of different assets and see what bring the best uh, click-through click rate. And I think even if you're, even if you're good at Facebook ads, it's, mm -hmm. it's very hard to do that uh, without an actual, I would say, large, big team working on that around, working on this around the clock. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is insanely time consuming and things like Facebook ads could be simple as just formatting different sizes, right? Box sizes and so forth, depending on where that ad is being served. How many people do you have in Israel working on these on your creative team? The creative team is around four to five. We have two people working in full time mm -hmm. and another two to three people depending depends on the load. They're, they're, uh, not, they're not full time, but uh, they're like contractor, but sometimes they're, they also like a full-time uh, employee, you know, around, the, they're working around the clock, but they're not, they're not on the payroll. They're like uh, contractors. So around five people. And this software you use, is it like a, like, is it an AI type software? Is there like, like algorithms and things that are kind of built in to help this software kind of learn as it goes or? Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of uh, intelligence built into the software. Nice. A lot of decision-making that uh, software, uh, you know, would do better and faster. So when clients come to you, and again, this is just for people that don't know what Green Inbox is, um, you know, they connect with you, hopefully before a campaign begins. Together, you, 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 from what I understand is you guys will determine, okay, what kind of budget do they have, right, to, to put into uh, to social media spend uh, to bring ads to the, the traffic. Your team will then go and say, okay, well, well, we'll, we'll take the assets you have and we're going to rework those assets the best we can uh, to um, test it across uh, multiple different uh, iterations and permutations and optimize it to get to what kind of a, a click-through rate. Like what's the what's the conversion factor you guys try to hit? Yeah, so uh, everything you said is uh, on the spot. Uh, we usually like to start with a test. We don't yeah. want to spend thousands of dollars. We usually the test is a few hundred dollars, maximum one thousand dollars, and we want to see that after you know after doing the test and spending, let's say just for the example, uh, one thousand uh, dollars, we want to see at least uh, five hundred percent return on ad spent. This is uh, a KPI, like uh, you know something that we want to see, and I think if if we reach that uh, threshold, five hundred percent or more then uh, the client will be uh, profitable mm -hmm. and will be profitable and we'll be able to scale uh, the, the, the daily budget to uh, from a few hundred dollars, even to a few thousand dollars uh, gradually. And I know we've got uh, Tanner Yarrow, who we've interviewed uh, a couple of times now on this podcast. He's obviously a huge fan of yours. I think he actually was quoted as saying that, uh, uh, using Green Inbox was the single greatest factor in uh, his success on those campaigns that he ran. And um, so for, for you know, a campaign like his where he hit, you know, a million dollars on his first campaign, okay. I think he was half a million, 600,000 for other people. What kind of spend would somebody expect that they should have to realistically think? Like, it's not like if you spend $5,000, you're hitting, a, I mean, you yeah, have to kind of return yeah, for a million. Like what kind what's that ratio? What's that look like? What kind of investment yeah. are they looking at? To hit a yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah. So the, the good thing about the tabletop industry that uh, mm -hmm. on every backer that you get through the ads, you're going to, you're probably going to get another backer from free for, from the Kickstarter community. Uh, because, you know, you back a campaign, all your, feller, all your followers are getting an email. So the, the network effect is huge. So uh, comparing to tech and design campaigns, the, the budget to reach $1 million will be, let's say, around $50,000. Uh, in 
you know, $50,000, which, you know, is, I'm, not, I'm somehow suspect what you want to say, you, you're going to say it's, it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Are you looking at like, so $23,000, is that kind of investments somebody could typically look at if they're going to get into those kind of numbers? Yeah. Yeah. We, and, and, uh, yeah. So we're looking to do a test with $1,000 and then yep. there's like two scenarios. One, the company or the creator, they have the money and uh, they can spend twenty to $50,000 into ads. The second scenario, which is, I want to say it's, uh, it's very common, that people only have like $1,000 or $3,000. So we can help with that. Yeah. We, we are working with a few uh, venture fund and angel investors, and they can uh, provide a bridge loan for the ads. Uh, so, uh, for example, you, uh, let's say we want to take, uh, uh, $50,000 as a loan, as a bridge loan for the ads. We do that gradually and, uh, you know, and the cost for the financing, the cost for the bridge ad would be, uh, 5% on the money. So yeah. let's say the campaign, the campaign ends, you need to pay back the $50,000, the $50,000 as a loan and another additional uh, $2,500 uh, uh, as an interest rate, which is 5% on $50,000, which, you know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's not a lot of money. If you raise $1 million and you need to pay uh, $2,000, $3,000, it's not a lot. So I just want to kind of, I want to pause on this point because it, okay. it's important, I think, for people to understand. Number one, it is very hard to get money right now. It is, it is insanely tough to get any kind of funding right now, especially in this COVID environment with businesses dropping like flies. So the fact that you've got a company that not only are experts in social media amplification, which is the word I like to use for your, your service, okay. um, that have uh, ability to bring in bridge loans at 5% is actually a pretty low interest rate. In this environment, it's usually loan sharks that can come up with money that, that quick. And they're in the you know double digits. So 5% is an incredibly reasonable rate. And I also want to say to that is that you are paying, like you get your money within usually I think three weeks from Kickstarter, right? So then yeah. from that money you get, you pay off your loan. Exactly. And it, you know, and then sometimes you might hear somebody get kind of that greedy factor say, well, why should I have to pay so much money? You wouldn't have got that. I mean, you wouldn't have reached those numbers if you hadn't have had that investment. So that that's like free, free pledges and free money that you're getting out of that. So you got to kind of look at it through that kind of a lens. Um, but what I, I want to applaud your company, the A that you guys have that as a service, because I think it's incredibly unique. And I think it is a huge value added for people who are looking to get into doing campaigns. Let's face it, you're doing Kickstarter for a reason. You don't have money to to launch the game. You need you know all these pre-orders to to pre-fund a game before you go and manufacture it. So um, I just think that is a wonderful service. I know we talked about it in the last in the last podcast, but it kind of stuck with me because I just uh, I thought it was uh, was a pretty cool thing. So let's talk now about this pre-launch um, you know preparation list that you guys are working on. Can you take us through kind of what some of these these steps are? First of all, you know, I want to say that I have a strong interest that uh, the clients or even the community will work, it will, uh, that uh, let's say we have uh, people reaching out to us, that they'll realize all the work they need to do for the pre-launch. It's better for us. We're getting uh, better uh, deal flow, better campaigns. We're going to raise much more money together if people would, would do those few uh, small, it's not small, small things, but it takes a lot of time. So you know, I'm 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 
there's a clear interest for me that will have uh, uh, people will invest time in, in pre-launch. So give us give us a couple of these pre-launch points. So what, what would be the top of the list? I think first of all, something that happened in the past year that uh, previously, like a year ago or two years ago, people would launch the campaign and some of them will invest in pre-launch and, but it wasn't that important to start strong. And right now it's super important to start strong on day one. Why? So, so yeah, so you need to start strong on day one because there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of campaigns. And uh, if you start strong on day one, you're gonna appear high in, the, in Kickstarter algorithm and Kickstarter discovery channel. And you don't need to do much to stay there. Once you get there on day one, you probably don't need to do much and, you, and Kickstarter will keep promoting you as, as long as they see people are, are converting and, and you know people are happy and backing you. And as long as this happens, you're gonna stay high in their discovery channel. That can mean, that can mean thousands of backers for, for multi-million campaigns or you know, it can be even a few hundred, but you know, for the big ones that we did, it was worth a few thousand backers, which is, which is a lot. It's a psychological thing, I think, right? People wanna get behind a winning horse. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I can tell you from a um, being a, a game creator myself, who've, who've done a couple of campaigns now, the campaign I had where I was struggling to kind of hit my target by the end of the campaign, that was like thirty days of the worst possible stress you can imagine. Second campaign where I went really, really low on my my uh, my target because I wanted to make sure that I could crush that uh, coming out of the gate. We did. I think we funded within like an hour. Uh, and, uh, and then it was, it was not free sailing for the rest of that, uh, that campaign time, but you didn't have the same weight on your shoulders of trying to cross that finish. You've crossed the finish line. Now you're just saying, okay, how far, how many laps can I do of the track? Right. So, uh, I think that's incredibly important. So how soon should people start, um, if they're working with yourself or someone else in terms yeah. of the social media assets, how soon should they be working on that prior to day one of the campaign? Yeah, so pre-launch can take a few months. It can take a few months. It, it, you know, the, the minimum that we require to do the pre-launch is, is to do ads for the pre-launch is at least, uh, at least a few weeks. I would say if you want to reach, it really depends, you know, if you want to go big. If you want to reach 10,000 followers, uh, we expect to have like uh, maybe eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks before the campaign goes live so we can start working. So we'll have the marketing material, we'll have the video, and then we can market the, not the Kickstarter live campaign, but market the, the pre-launch page. And by the way, as you said before, it's like something has shifted. Before you were launching the, your campaign and then you were trying to reach your goal. Now, yeah. what you're trying to do is, no, I wanna do all, I wanna reach my goal on day one. I wanna yeah. have a lot of people lined up and they're saying, I'm ready to back you. And I wanna reach that on day one. And I want it to be fun. I don't wanna be in the point where it, I, I'm uncertain if I'm gonna reach my goal or not. And then I'm gonna push it further, uh, I don't know, to, to a few thousand dollars, to half a million, to, uh, to uh, you know, depends on the campaign, depends on the budget. Uh, so yeah, things shifted a bit. So let's talk a little bit about um, the Kickstarter pre-launch page. So I think, uh, I think most people probably know what that is, but for those that don't, we will do a quick 101. So when you go into Kickstarter, um, and what I'm sharing for the people who are watching, people listening, I'll try to describe it. But when you go into Kickstarter, um, there are, uh, can, once you've kind of built your campaign page, uh, you can get a, a pre-launch link is what Kickstarter will give to you to share with friends, family, push out on social media. And when people click on that link and here's some of the ones that are up and coming, I'll click on say the awakening, for example, um, it takes you to a, what's called a pre-launch page. And all you get is a thumbnail 
a description of what the campaign is and then a notify me on launch button, right? And when you click that notify me on launch button, then as soon as that campaign goes live, an email will come out to you uh, notifying you that now this, this campaign has gone live and you can now you can now pledge. Now, Aaron, what you're saying is it's important to get this pre kind of launch notification uh, number up, right? So in the case of Primal Awakening, they got 7,192 followers have already signed up to be notified when this launches. That's a huge number. Um, how, what number should you try to get to? Would you say, uh, you know, for someone that's creating a campaign, what, what should, obviously as high as possible, but what's the bare minimum you think you should try to get to uh, before you launch your campaign? Listen, uh, we, we're trying to work with campaigns that raise, you know, our, uh, we, if you go to our website, the first thing you see, you scale my campaign to $1 million. So if you yeah. want to reach $1 million, not on day one, but, you know, reaching a milestone that will, will make somehow you're going to be close to that. So we, we usually recommend reaching 10,000 followers for going live. Again, it's not, not for everybody, but mm -hmm. if you think you, you have it to reach $1 million or more, that's the amount of followers you should have before going live. And uh, we can talk about uh, numbers a bit. We usually expect that 20% uh, will convert on the first 72 hours. So from 10,000 followers, we're probably going to get 2,000 backers on the first uh, 72 hours or, wow. or, the, or the first few hours. Usually most of them coming on the first day. And so, and that's important because if you have like a $30 campaign where you're, you're selling a game for 30 bucks, that's 60 grand, right? That you're going to generate in perceived revenue. Now the cost to get those 10,000, what are you going to spend to get those 10,000? Okay. Yeah. So that's there? something I want to talk. So, yeah. yeah. So what you showed is the Kickstarter landing page and that's one method that we're using. We like to test and see, we like to test the Kickstarter landing page. We like to test our own. Uh, landing page. We like to test uh, uh, email, like uh, Facebook uh, sign up lead. It's called lead generation form, and maybe some some other forms. And you know, we like to test a few uh, options to see which option work works best. And usually, per follower, per lead, per email, we want to see uh, that the cost per email would be between one dollar and maximum three dollars. That's the max. I would say even two and a half. Uh, let's say $3. So we want to see that. And for some, I can tell you that for some campaigns that we worked with, it was, it was around $1. So it was $10,000 to reach 10,000 10, followers. And we, need, we, we can do the math. And let's say we reached 2,000, we paid $10,000 uh, to reach 2,000 backers. And we, we want to make sure that we are profitable or at least breaking even. But for some, for some campaigns, we saw that the cost per lead was was close to three dollars or above that. So we're you know we we that go seems back high. To, yeah yeah we go back to the creator and tells him listen something is not working like people are not excited they're not excited about this that something is wrong here so you know we don't want to waste your money if we can't we can bring followers in a decent uh, cost. So I think that's important. So how quickly do you figure out what that acquisition cost is? Obviously before you, you spend the 10 grand, right? Yeah, of course. We, it's, it's pretty easy to see if there's excitement or not. And then, you know, we, after, after spending a few hundred dollars or even $200, you know, what's the cost per lead. Like if it's below one, on, let's say on the first day, we want to see that the cost per lead would be even uh, 50 cents uh, mm. because it's going to go up every day. So on the first day, we want to see it around $1 or less. I guess 
uh, in the end, it can reach $2, $3 max. But if it starts at $2, $3, it means it's not going to work. Like yeah, the campaign is not going to make money on the pre-launch. Is there certain types of games uh, that, that do better than others? Like is, is minis, uh, I think uh, somebody called it the uh, plastic crack. I heard one of the people call them on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, is, is, that, is, is that key to having, or are you, do, you, do you see this model working for practically any game? Mm, I think it can work for every game, but remember that uh, the information that you can present also mm-hmm. in the ads and in the website and in the, in the pre-launcher is very minimal. So everything you need to somehow pack your message and make it strict, very short, as you saw, a photo, a title, and a one sentence. That's it. That's your yeah. selling point. So that's it. This is what you have. So I'm not sure if you can say, I have minis, I don't have minis, this is the game or not. So everything needs to be very, like the message is very short. So uh, I'm not sure if, yes, you know, sometimes you could say, hey, this is another book for, a special book for D&D. So people would say, hey, I'm interested in that. Or I'm not interested in it. Yeah. It's a game. It's a pirate reading game. There were a lot of pirate games recently. So I'm interested yeah. in another pirate game or not. So that's that's enough to... that The message is very short. And so what are some of the other things you would say are, are part of this pre-launch checklist? Okay, so as I said before, we like to test... We like to test... Uh, different uh, methods if it's uh, the Kickstarter page, uh, uh, collecting emails, uh, using the Facebook sign-up form and some other methods. Mm-hmm. But also we like to test different, uh, we like to take Facebook versus Instagram versus Google versus YouTube and see you know where the cost per lead will be the least. Uh, that's another thing that uh, we like to see. Also, I think another thing that I said before about, about the math, that uh, what's going to be your average pledge? So if it's going if, uh, if to cost you, let's say, at, min- at the minimum to bring 10,000 uh, followers and we'll, we can do the math together and we expect to have 20% uh, backers on day one or in the worst case scenario, 10%. So let's say 1,000 backers. So mm-hmm. That's around uh, $10 per backer. Yeah. And so the question is, what are you selling? Like, what's going to be the average pledge? Is it going to be $30 or $60? And we want to make sure you're profitable because if it's going to cost you 10, let's say $10, $15 to bring a backer and you're selling something around $30, $30 and you also need to manufacture this. And there's a lot of, you know, commissions. You need to pay us. You need to pay Kickstarter. Yep. There's credit card fees and so on. And you're making the math and you're not profitable. Something is not working here. So you want to make the math and make, make sure that you're profitable uh, before, and, before spending a lot of money. And I think the rule of thumb there is that uh, you should try to target one third, right? Is your manufacturing cost? Yes. So yes. One third manufacturing, one third kind of marketing and fees, one third profit, hopefully. Exactly. That's kind of the way you, you structure it. So yeah. Um, and, and I think the danger some people run into sometimes are like, no, I need to have this be, you know, a, a low price and accessible price. And that's great. But if none of your backers get that game because you, you end up, uh, you know, going bankrupt and that's not going to help anybody either. Right. So you're, you're further ahead to say, okay, build the pricing from bottom up and then top down, but you want it. So it's got to make sense. You obviously are not going to charge like, 
you know, a hundred dollars for a game of like Monopoly deal. But I mean, you got it. You still have to structure it in a way that it, it makes makes sense, right? And I think yeah. that is that something you do with your team? Will you kind of go through the math with some of these backers and help yeah. them kind of just wanna, do the sniff yeah. test to make sure everything is you know set yeah, up? Right? One of the one of the one of the reasons that we have such a good relationship with the, the investor I told you before that we want to make sure that we're not scaling you to death. We're not scaling you to yeah. bankruptcy. We want to make sure that you're profitable as well. And uh, yeah, you know, sometimes just bidding an extent. Sometimes a client tells us uh, it's going to cost me, I don't know, $50 to make the game. And we're telling him, listen, we're, we're providing some, uh, you know, some references. Talk to these guys. I'm sure it's, you know, the price you're getting is, is too high. You're either, you know, you can do a better job here. It's probably lower than that. And uh, I want to go back a bit and talk about maybe the most important thing it's, it's re that's related to the pre-launch and the, 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 the Kickstarter campaign. Mm -hmm. So uh, the art. The art mm. is key because, you know, you only have one photo to show and one sentence and so on, but the art is key, right? Especially right now where, where you have so many tabletop creators going live with their games. So you have to stand out. So art is key and uh, we I can tell you that a lot of the multi-million dollar campaigns that we work with paid 10 to twenty thousand dollars to make a video which is again it's not cheap but mm. it's worth it it's worth it so art is key it's you should you know if you want to go big you should hire someone that uh, will do the video and the marketing kit so I'm going to challenge that a little bit on the video uh, cause I know Tanner's listening, right. And if I look at okay. Tanner's uh, most recent, uh, campaign, uh, great video, very Amazing. funny, yeah. right. Or he's a centaur essentially comes in on his, his horse with his sword and, yeah. uh, and, and there's a lot of humor around it. And I would think that that probably didn't cost him $20,000 to make. I have seen examples where people go pretty far in terms of animation and really slick videos. I think there's enough resources. I mean, even if you look at some of the past interviews on, on this podcast, um, there's ways to kind of shortcut that, right? Where you can come up with, a, there's a balance there. We can get a high quality video using somebody to create it for you um, or use maybe some resources yourself without kind of busting the bank. Um, I just want to say that because I, I, I don't You're want right. people left with the impression that, ooh, I'm going to have to make sure, okay, let me earmark 20 grand for a video. I don't think you need the earmark. Maybe if you get to these larger campaigns where you know you're going to hit, you know, one to $5 million, maybe in that case, it might make sense to get a, uh, you know, yeah. a really high-end professional uh, third party. But I think these campaigns that are half million or less, I, I think if you're creative enough in how you approach it and there's lots of resources out there to cut costs, I, I think you can get that cost down. Okay. Yeah. Personal course, field. Yeah, you're, you're right. I can promise you on my next campaign, I will not be spending 20 grand on my video. <laughs> yeah, so Tanner is, as I see it, is, uh, he's an artist, you know, he's a this is what he do. Like he creates beautiful maps. So for him, creating a beautiful video was not a problem. This is what he do for yeah. living. And I guess there were some campaigns that, uh, uh, you know, people did that on their own. They uh, had like a script, they did the art. This is part of the job. This is this is what they do. Like they do the art for the game. So yep. it was very easy for them. Uh, and I think in, in some scenarios, you, you'll even get better results than hiring someone. Yeah. But I'm talking about, you know, someone that's, that is not his expertise. This is, he never made a video before. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't recommend, like this is my, 
there was one uh, guy that uh, we saw that had a game without mentioning anything. And, uh, you know, in, in one, uh, we had a chat and he said, like, I'm, I'm working on this game for 18 years. And I asked him, like, uh, where is the video? He's saying, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not planning to have a video. So the video is key. You got to have a video. There's no doubt about that. Even yeah. Kickstarter themselves uh, will not, they, they recommend when you're filling out the back end kind yeah. of Kickstarter page, like yeah. they, they highly, they say it's technically not mandatory, but is ill-advised exactly. <laughs> to not, exactly. to not yeah. have a video attached to your, uh, to your campaign. So I think that yeah. it's important. I, I think there's other ways we can, we, we can kind of figure that out. And maybe if there's some listeners out there that have done other campaigns and have found some shortcuts to getting videos done at low cost with a third party, drop it in the, uh, in, in the Facebook group, board game binge. We'd yeah. love to, uh, we're here to share with others, right? And see uh, how we yeah. can help each other. There's definitely uh, shortcuts. Better. There's definitely shortcuts. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, art is key. Beautiful art. You can't work around that. that yeah, art needs to be beautiful. This is, you know, yeah. this is what attracts people. And uh, another two things that, you know, we made a lot of survey as, uh, to backers after they back, before they back. So they're like two things that uh, people said, I think, uh, around 70% of the people back the campaign only after watching a review video. I'm not, mm. I'm not talking about the main video. I'm talking about yeah. a review video or a game through a video when someone or a third party shows the game. So that's yeah. another thing that you should do before going live. It's not related to the pre-launch and marketing, but you're pro it's going to be really hard to get backers without a review video. If there's anybody looking for that, there is a great Facebook group. I think it's called uh, Reviewers and Media or Media and Reviewers or something like that. Just type in uh, game reviews and you'll come across this Facebook group where um, essentially that's all it is. It's just a huge collection of people that do content creation. You drop a little bit about your game and say, hey, I'm looking for some help with content creation, uh, either review or preview of my game or playthrough. Uh, give some information in your game. You're going to have some people that are going to say, yeah, here, shoot it my way. I'd love to, I'd love to see it. I would say that anybody that has any kind of a following typically has some kind of a cost uh, to create those. I'm going through that right now. Uh, and uh, what my advice would be to just reach out to create a spreadsheet, reach out to as many as you can, just keep, you know, keep track of who you're reaching out to and kind of what your status is uh, and kind of the cost to quote back and so forth. And then once you kind of have that mapped out as to who can do it in the time frame you want or actually interested in your game, then based on your budgets, you can make your choice. But I, I think that's important too. Yeah. I know myself when I back a game, it's usually after I see a third party uh, doing a preview or a review of the video. So, and then what's the last one, Aaron, what, what, what would you say is the last one? You said there was two, so there's one more. Yeah. Then the, the second thing is the video, the main video, like which is mm -hmm. even higher. I would say it's above 90% that you yeah. know, people watch the video. This is the first thing they do. Video is, is a key is the key for, uh, for backers. You know, this is the first thing or the main thing they do when they, they land on the Kickstarter page, they go and watch the video. And if they like the main video, they'll go and watch a review video. So, yeah. uh, and it's, I want to comment on what you said. It's worth paying maybe $1,000 if someone has a follow, has a community and then he will share that with his community yeah. and everything is okay. The price, everything, you know, the game is attractive. You'll probably mm -hmm. get more than that through his uh, community. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, so it's worth uh, investing a few thousand dollars on uh, reviewers. Yeah. Uh, again, it's not, it's not cheap. If you want to reach... You know, if you want to reach the, the half a million or a million dollar mark, you have to spend a little bit before going live. 
And I'd say, so there's two things I want to say. One back on the video. Um, if you are going to do that main video, uh, my personal pet peeve is when the videos don't get to the point. Um, people have very short attention spans. So if you have two minutes of video and people still have no idea what your game is, uh, there's something wrong. You just try to get to what your game is about out of the gate. Then maybe on the back, flip it and on the back end of the video, then get into more kind of the world building and so forth. But um, people are clicking on things and clicking off very, very quickly. Um, and I think that although we are talking with Green Inbox and your success of, you know, getting people half a million, million and, and greater size campaigns, you don't have to do that on your first campaign. There's nothing wrong with doing a 20, 30, $50,000 campaign. That is successful. Guys, we have interviewed a lot of people that have done 20, 30, $40,000 campaigns as their first campaign. And for a first campaign, that is amazing. And then from there, you'll build and you'll learn. And you'll be able to grow from there. So I just want to put that out there too, that yes, there's investment. I guess what you're saying is to get to some of these higher numbers, but you don't have to get to these higher numbers. You can start on your first campaign a little bit smaller and kind of work towards there. Will you work with some of these smaller campaigns, Aaron? So if somebody is, you know, if they'd be happy hitting 50,000, but they want to kind of try things and figure everything, you know, figure out how Greenbox fits in and so forth. Is that something you guys would, would even entertain or is that too small for you guys? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Sometimes, you know, when we see something that uh, can really take off, for example, Tanner, this is, was his first campaign. He didn't expect to reach $1 million on his first yeah. campaign, but we're saying, hey, you know, let's make a test. And if you don't have the money, we'll, 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 we'll finance the ads. So sometimes we see something that we think that's uh, initially uh, could raise $50,000, but, you know, with our help, let's make a test. And if things are going well, we can scale your campaign to a few thousand dollars, uh, half a million or a million, you know, we'll see. But, you know, in some cases, just the, the cost for us to just the setup. Uh, as I said before, that the creative, mm -hmm. the setup for us, and we're not charging for that, is is a few thousand dollars. Uh, you know, just the setup process. Yeah. So uh, and uh, so for fifty thousand dollars, we're we're probably going to lose money if we work with someone and we, 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 we the campaign will raise fifty thousand dollars. So let me flip that a little bit. So okay, let's look at this from another angle. So. What's the minimum spend you would want somebody to actually spend with? Is it 5,000? Is that kind of like the minimum buy-in you guys look for? Or what's your minimum buy-in, I guess, is the minimum ad spend you guys yeah, would want? Yeah, that we will be happy. I think yeah. the break-even point, again, we're not, it's not a necessity at the beginning. We want to start yeah. with the test. But we will want to see at least, at least, yeah, like when the campaign ends, we want to see at yeah. least $10,000 invested into ads, I think that will be our, break, our breaking even point. Okay. Uh, where we will make some money, not, not a lot, but yeah. There and uh, gotcha. yeah, that, that's the, the budget for the ads. Got it. And 10 grand, again, as we just went through of this past half hour, uh, I mean, you could get some significant numbers even off of a $10,000 spend. So I think that is probably a good uh, place to start. So where is this uh, pre-launch checklist going to be published? Is it going to be published on your website or how do people find it? Yeah, we're going to publish it uh, on the website. And that's yeah, greeninbox.com? Yes. yes. So, so greeninbox.com, if people want to check out this pre-launch. And when is it going to be, uh, when's it going to be published? Uh, we're still working on that. We have, the content is ready, but we're still, you know, there, we still want to add some stuff. And I guess in the next few days or in the next few weeks, we want to do that before, uh, you know, a lot of people want to launch their campaign in, in the next few weeks. So we want to do that before, before that. Uh, 
So my guess it will be in the next few days, maybe two weeks. Okay. So if anybody wants to check out this pre-launch um, uh, checklist for, uh, or guide, I guess, for preparing for your pre-launch, greeninbox.com. Aaron, it is always a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Um, I learn something every single time. And I love to kind of have this kind of back and forth kind of discussion because it helps me kind of work through my head. Okay, how's that next campaign for me going to be uh, formulated? And uh, often these help you think of things you've never thought of. So I definitely want to thank you for that and definitely the knowledge that you've brought to this group. And if anybody wants to reach out to you, how best do they reach out to you? They can reach out through our website or uh, through through the email, you know, like uh, press at greeninbox.com or they, there's also uh, the email is published on our website at greeninbox.com and then contact us. They'll, they'll find our email. Awesome. And you're also a member of the Board Game Binge group on Facebook. So if people want to reach out through there, I guess they can always uh, yeah, they comment can through the, the group. And, uh, you know, they got uh, we got a few people who were reaching out and say, hey, you know, through the group, I saw you in the group. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's definitely the best way to start uh, to start the chat. Oh, that's awesome. Aaron, thank you so much. You have a good one. You take care. Cheers. Thank you. Bye for now. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.